This is the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. Today's interview is a part two interview with Ray McNulty. I encourage you to go back and listen to part one if you've not listened to it yet. But we're going to finish this interview now with him, and so we hope that you enjoy as we rejoin the podcast with host Kendall Terry and Ray McNulty. You know, as, as we've heard some of those presentations from Dr. Daggett talk about the McKinsey uh, & Company studies, mm-hmm. um, looking yeah. at the, I think it's 54, if I'm right, uh, yeah. uh, qualities. I feel like they, they match up really well with our life skills, lifelong guidelines, and some of the things that we're already doing it. We loved it whenever Dr. Daggett put it on the screen. He goes, now, now how many schools are actually grading on these skills? And I mean, we are, you know, that on our, on our students' grade cards, they get grades on creativity, on having a sense of humor, on being That's responsible, great. you know? And so it was, it was reaffirming to, to our staff when they were hearing his, his presentation. When you guys are looking at that with Portrait of Graduate as well, with the stuff that, um, Battelle for Kids has been involved. I know you guys are partnering in that. Um, what what are you seeing, you know, out there in, in education as far as, you know, things that you would say, these are good changes that are coming? Because for a lot of us, we think of school the way that we went to school, right? Like our, our last frame of reference for school was when we sat in that seat as a student. And it's not, you know, it's not the school that was the 80s and 90s it's not even the school of the early 2000s at this point so what are you seeing that you go man these are some really cool advances and some of that could involve ai but just that you're seeing across the nation yeah, yeah. well um what's really interesting I, i'll give you two two things that i find um very interesting and um and they're two different schools in two different areas um <clears throat> but there's there's a school in wilder idaho um and um, it's a small rural community. Rural community. Uh, I, the superintendent likes to tell me that it's uh, they produce the, mo- the most hops uh, in the country for <laughs> making of beer. But um, it's a uh, very rural community. It's a K twelve system, and um, in that school district, uh, they've engaged in an incredible process from kindergarten to grade twelve of kids really. Uh, they, they manage their own learning. It's a competency-based system. Oh, wow. And the, 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 the difference about this system is that students, um, they have to go to school, but they don't have to go to class. Um, they seek out the teachers when they need them. And um, it's a very interesting place. And uh, it's a public school, by the way. Wow. And they, you know, the as, you know, from kindergarten, when they come in, they start making sure that the kids see they're responsible for their learning and they know what they're supposed to learn and they structure it um, so that over the first couple of years, they start to gradually release more of the control to the students. And so a, a case in point, you might, you and I might be in the fifth grade and we know what we have to accomplish over the next month. And you and I might say, Hey, I might say to you, Hey, Kendall, let's, let's just, you and I focus, let's do the math today. And we go find a spot to work. And we go in and we start working on the math that we have to learn. And then if we feel like we know it, then we go find the teacher to check us, check us out, to figure out if we can do it. The kids will demonstrate and show and share their learning. And, and if they're stuck, they can do other things. They can, I can go find a student that I know already knows it, or I can go see a teacher 
wow. one of my teachers that who helped me with it. So it's a they they left. They're really um, creating a system where um, one of the things that the students are learning a lot about is really uh, executive functioning. Mm-hmm. They manage their own schedules. They got to get their work done. And there are there are rewards and, and better things when they you know if they're on target and they've got their work done. They get more a little more freedom. And I mean it's a very interesting school. But um, you know the 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 thing that's in, that's that's interesting about it is. It's not about the technology. It's not about all that. It's about giving them, having them be in charge of their learning and having them get help when they need it and, um, and to demonstrate their knowledge when they're ready to demonstrate their knowledge. And it's a very interesting place. So I think that's, that's a school where, you know, as a public school, a lot of people go, oh, my goodness. And, you know, the parents in the community were a little concerned. But I'll tell you right now, they just, they, they all stand behind the school. You know, That's It's wild. very interesting. And you can look it up. There's some good videos from Wild, about Wilder, Idaho. And then the other school that I, I, one of the other schools where I've been spending uh, a lot of time uh, is out on, um, it's not way, on, way out on Long Island, but it's in New York, out, out of the city, just as you begin Long Island. It's the Baldwin School Baldwin Free School District, and in that district, um, the um, they 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 focus on I think very much as you do a really a project based approach. But one of the interesting things they did is they formed um, in the district with teachers. They formed a thought leadership group of teachers that um, the the superintendent was able to get. I think it was sixteen of them. Um, to spend an entire year not in the class. And they spent that entire year, um, and they're teachers that have been in the system for a while, but they spent that entire year um, engaging with the businesses in the community to learn what the businesses are doing. Mm-hmm. They, they took a couple of classes at Harvard um, Project Zero. They did, some, they did some visiting of innovative schools, schools like your school and schools like Baldwin, I'm sorry, like Wilder and others around the country. Then these teachers came back and they started saying the things we could be doing that we're not doing. Mm. And they they created in the school a bubble of educators driving this change up in the school. And it's been it's been interesting because a lot of our teachers just, you know, they they went to college to be a teacher. They got a job and they're out in the field and they've really not experienced the changes going on in the workforce. Yeah, and so they've really created an interesting, an interesting school system that where students are um, very much in charge of their own learning, and they have uh, they created a lot of subjects, a lot of special classes that align with a lot of the challenges our students have, like uh, being a digital citizen. You know, mm-hmm. they they create a portfolio of what does it mean to be a digital citizen in the world, and then they have another they have other programs that deal with um, the idea of. Uh, where are you getting your data and, and, you know, is it good data or is it not good data? And they, you know, nowadays you can find anything you want on the internet. And, um, how do you then begin to think about like, what is, what is appropriate on the internet and what's not, you know, what are the, what are the, what are, what what are really good, well-researched pieces and then what are pieces that just, it's not, not accurate, not true. And, those are such important skills for our kids in the future, and uh, those become a guiding, a guiding piece of the work that they do in Baldwin. Yeah, 
Well, you know, when you mentioned that, we, we started a program with our teachers um, a year ago where we give them a day that they can use. Uh, they can use it for volunteer work if they want to do volunteer because, you know, a lot of volunteer stuff happens from 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. Yeah. Um, but they can also do a job shadow, which was interesting to talk about with our teachers. But um, we did that because I did a, I was actually part of a, a STEM program um, as a teacher. And the, one of the requirements in that is we had to do a job shadow experience, um, you know, with somebody in the STEM field. And I had a, a student in my class, their parent was an engineer for a local company. And, and I was like, well, you know, I never worked in engineering. People talk about engineering, but I'd like to, you know, I, I connected with her, her dad and said, Hey, can I come and, and see what you do every day? And, and he had to get it approved, you know, with his company. He's like, sure. So it was cool. I, I got to go in for, two or three days and uh, set through. They did a, a, a project meeting with all the engineers of what projects they were working on and, you know, kind of how they were helping each other. But then, you know, that that also um, accountability of like, this is the job I'm doing. This is where I'm at. This is where I expect to be. Um, but it was wild, the stuff that he was doing. He said, well, I became an engineer because I like to do math. And, and you know, he's like, I really like calculus and that sort of thing. So he's like, I thought I'd just sit around and do calculus all day. And, he said, it's not all that I do, but he said, I do get to do a lot of math, but he was showing me some of the real world problems that he was dealing with, with a, a piece of machinery. And so we had to go out on the floor and talk to the machinists at one point, you know, that were actually using the machinery and what they were having. And then he had to come back and kind of problem solve some of what they were doing. He had to then go back out, do some more collaboration with these guys that were uh, helping, you know, troubleshoot it on the floor. And it was this wild, just seeing the the level of collaboration happening in the real world you know was something that that's very specific of of what his job really was was the math side of of what was happening but the amount of of uh, personal skills that he had to have to be able to talk to these guys on the machine floor on the the uh, job uh, project meetings and, and that sort of thing too really kind of reiterated that like we have to teach our kids these these skills because they might be going into a profession that just really enjoys math um, for, you know, or science or whatever, but the level yeah. of being able to collaborate, the level of being able to talk through what's the real problem happening, how are we troubleshooting it, um, giving, you know, he wasn't coming out as the engineer, like I see all and know all and, you know, let me go out to the peons that are out here on the floor. It was a, a true respect of they know things that I don't know and they do things that I don't do, and and we all have to come together to fix this problem. And it was a it was awesome seeing this interaction and seeing how all these people worked together and respected each other and and figured out the solution. And and they were figuring out a solution for this problem. And and by the time the project was done, they had a good solution, and and it was it it worked then. And so we came back to our staff and said, Hey, we'd like to do, you know, if you want to partner, go job shadow. We had one of our preschool teachers that actually partnered with a brain surgeon, you know, because we're brain based. And we talk about the brain all the time. That's right. Yeah, and, you guys, do, you are. And she she got to go in a surgery with this brain surgeon and actually see, a you know, a brain in surgery. Uh, coolest experience. I mean, she came back and uh, was so excited about getting to see this. And uh, and we as a company wanted to give her, you know, that the ability to do that. We're going to give you a paid day to go do this yep. experience and learn something and then bring it back. And let's, let's talk about that as a community then. And so we've seen some really cool experiences come from that. Um, we only do a day though, you know, we don't do a whole, like yeah. take a year. Uh. <laughs> well, that was a, that was, um, you know, they, that, that happened with the, you know, ESSER money 
and that just allowed her teachers to spend and, they, and those teachers had responsibilities back in the system not to teach but to work with the teachers about what they're learning you know and and i think that um you know the, the most exciting part of the work that i see going on in schools today is when i see the professional staff seeing themselves as learners and needing to really pick up the pace of what what things are changing so quickly in our profession you know I, I sometimes struggle um, in it with the fact that in our system, um, we are going through something uh, very much like the automobile industry is right now, which is um, which is the fact that in, in the current automobiles kind of production, they're still producing you know, combustible engine cars. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're generating the next generation of cars. Okay, so that's like best practices and next practices. You see these things going in your system. And in education, we've never really, we've always been very standardized in saying everything's going in this building just the way we want it to. Well, heck no, what we want to be able to do is have a place that has a tradition and has those things that we, but at the same time, we need to be bringing our, our, our profession into the future. Mm. And that really requires educators to step out a bit and try some things. Again, as I said, we're not really good at that. We don't, as educators hate to fail, and in schools, kids hate to fail. Failure is an essential component of being successful in the future mm. because, because we, need, we need people to know when, they, when, when something doesn't work, it's not over. The question is, how do we make it work? What do we learn from this? Um, it's interesting when you look overseas how they see in some places they see failure as a positive thing they see that as well yeah you didn't but what did you learn from this and so uh, a lot of people know this but in finland i think it is i don't think it is i know it's in finland a lot of schools um have a yearly failure day where um they have an event and where people come in and talk about what did they learn from failure oh wow and they tell stories so there's people that are very successful it's here's what i did it didn't work, but guess what? I did this, then I did this, and then it started to work. And so you, we 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 need to see, um, we need to understand that we're living in a volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world. It's day to day. It is it is not the world that I grew up in or I started teaching in. When I started teaching, we had the Encyclopedia Britannica in the room. All right, you <laughs> went there for information. If you wanted to study, you know, Idaho, you'd go there and, you'd, you know, there'd be six pages on Idaho, right? And it's all vetted and you just worked that way. Uh, mail came in the mail and it was days before you did that. So now we're in a world that's immediate, um, you know, the, uh, the, the speed at which change is happening is quick. Um, it's, it's a vol- it is a volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous world. So therefore... We have to think differently about this. Mm. Um, we have to try things. We have to be willing to put ourselves out there and try some things and then say, okay, it didn't work. What didn't work? Why didn't it work? And what did we learn from it? How do we go out of the next piece? That's that squiggle. You know, you got to figure that out and not see it as a devastating loss. Yeah. Um, see, I think there's a really good video that I, I bumped into that was uh, put on by uh, was a one of the chief executives at Google, and he said our biggest problem with em- with employees is we get some employees that have gotten A's all their life, and they come to work and the first project they play on 
fails and then they just don't know how to come back from it. Oh, wow. And we need, we, when we talk about being resilient, when we talk about turning learning over to people, um, you know, that means they have to embrace the fact that they may fail and they are likely will fail. They will likely fail. And, you know, Babe Ruth didn't hit every ball he swung at, nor did Mickey Mantle. Right, you swing at a lot of things, and you hit some, and you don't hit others. Yeah, and you don't, you know, you don't make a big fuss over it. You basically figure out like, what am I learning about this? Because I think every opportunity, you know, whether you learn it or you don't learn it, is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to take in new knowledge about something. That's awesome. I think, and I think it's great uh, f- from a Boston native to be given a Babe Ruth analogy. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, that is that's great. So you've talked about a lot of these, and it may just be reiterating a point here. But what do you look at um, in the future? What what's the biggest challenge that you think education education has to overcome, or you know, needs to hit head on to say we've got to figure out this? And and it may be AI. We've I, talked about some of this, but what do you see out there? I see I see the issue of assessment being one of our biggest issues, mm. <laughs> and it's um. You know, this standardized approach to assessment is um, is very old and not at all uh, not not at all worth the investment we make in standardized testing. Um, that's that's money that I think really does not produce data that's very usable. Mm. I think we've got to begin, and, I, and there's a there's some really interesting studies out there. There's one from a um, company out of Cambridge, Mass. That's headed by um, Todd Rose, a professor at Harvard, who wrote the book, The End of Average, that there is no average in the world anymore. There's no such average. But Todd's group um, have been out and have been asking parents, do they, you know, uh, about assessment, um, uh, asking them about schools in general, should schools change? You know, what do you think about standardized assessment? And what's very interesting is that when, when they ask a parent, when they're asking parents about standardized testing, most parents say, I'd rather have my student <coughs> take a test designed by a teacher that was teaching them. Mm. Uh, standardized tests really just, you know, that they, they do that. But, but then they, they ask the, the per, they ask the parents two questions. What do you, what kind of assessment do you think is important? And what do you think the rest of the society thinks is important? And what they found was the vast majority of parents that they asked, they, when they're asked about what kind of assessment work should work best, they talk about a teacher giving a test about something that a student has done or a student giving a report on something they've read. That's what they want to see. Yeah. And, and then they say, well, what do you think other people? Well, we think other people want standardized assessment. But what they found out was not, 70% of the parents want to get rid of standardized assessment in this study. And um, and it's a very it's just very interesting because I think a lot of the issues that we see um, – it's about how do we value how do we value the work that students are doing, and uh, if we're going to engage in project-based learning that has uh, lots of ups and downs and turns in it and things like that, we want that to be assessed in a different way than some, you know, fill in the dot and no information. That inform that inform that that assessment. We need to push it aside to make to take that money and make some time in our schools where students and educators can really share in understanding the work, assessing each other's work. Um, you know, you and I were just talking about how AI can be assistive in that, and it can be assistive in that, you know, but I think, I think the, our, one of our biggest challenges, quite frankly, is assessment. 
And the other one um, is that, you know, the, the, the lack and, uh, and shortage of people wanting to enter the profession of education is going to make it challenging. And we need to rethink our workforce. Um, I, I, it, we've, I think since Little House on the Prairie, we've had one teacher in one classroom. And, uh, and I think that uh, in most other professions, they've figured out ways to deliver more personalized work. Uh, I'll say like in the medical profession, used to be a doctor and a nurse. Now there's a doctor, physician's assistant, nurse practitioner, levels of people all over the place. They all have special functions. They provide the work. Um, in our schools, we put you know a bunch of students in a classroom and give them a teacher. And I think we need to think uh, about how do we get more of the community engaged? How do mm. we get more of the business community a, a part of it? Um, you know, I, and I also think we certify ed, our educators by content area. And I think we need to think a little bit differently about that. Mm. Well, that would be a great conversation I'd love to have uh, with you uh, down the road um, because I think that's some stuff that, like you said, it, it that that will change education in a major way from the way it's been done really for, yeah, I mean, 50, 100 years to really starting to look at, at this profession differently. Um, I really appreciate you taking time to sit down with me today and talk through this. And I want to be a value, you know, value the time that you've given us today. And so, uh, thank you so much for that, and and just appreciate you sharing some of your thoughts on education. Well, it's been a lot of fun, and it's always great to share with another educator, just to have a conversation and to share what's just bouncing around in our brains right now. Yeah, um, and I think that's fun, and I'm really proud of uh, the work that you guys are doing, and uh, wish you all well the rest of the school year. All right, thank you so much. This has been the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. If you'd like to find out more about our school, you can visit us on our webpage, www.claytonbradleyacademy.org, or on social media sites, at CBA STEM or at Clayton Bradley Academy. We hope you have a wonderful day.